Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast, a podcast that equips therapists to thrive in business, expand their reach, and create flourishing and meaningful lives, both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Claire Blakey. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. I believe in being a multi-passionate therapist. You can have a thriving, financially impactful business, be a leader in the community, and also a business entrepreneur. You don't have to choose, and your impact as a clinician can go beyond the therapy room. I believe that you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a therapreneur, and I believe that every therapist deserves the tools, community, and resources to build thriving businesses and flourishing lives. I pair my passion and previous career in PR, marketing, and blogging with my education and experience as a clinician to equip therapists like you who are multi-passionate and wanting to pursue additional opportunities to grow your skill set and expand your reach. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Let's create impact and build flourishing lives and businesses we're proud of. Here we go. Hi, Danielle, and welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself and kind of just share a little bit more about who you are and your history and education? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My first podcast. (laughs) Excited it's with you. Um, So I'm Dr. Danielle Harris. I actually started as a marriage and family therapist and went back to school did my doctorate and got licensed as a clinical psychologist as well. So I'm familiar with both uh, fields, which is uh, exciting. Um, I think makes it uh, easier to help help connect with other therapists, whether you're the doctorate level or master's level. I'm like, I can relate to both. Uh, And I started in my private practice eight years ago. I primarily work with teens and I started some side projects of doing a parenting course for parents of teens a few years ago that I didn't really take anywhere. Um, and this is the first time this summer that I launched therapist society, which is a community of therapists, which is really exciting. Um, I don't, I'll just stop there and I'm sure we'll talk more about what that is. Wow. Okay. So even from what you just started sharing of your intro, like I started already thinking like, wow, like you said, okay, I did my MFT, but then you also, you know, have your degree in psychology as a PhD. Is that right? Or a PsyD? So how did that work? Like how did, did you do a one program and then switch to a different one or did you do a terminal masters and then do your MFT hours? Like I'm imagining that's so many hours of work. That's not an easy feat. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, I don't recommend doing what I did, but I graduated. So I graduated college in three years. Okay. So I was like 21, 22 when I finished my master's. I was really young. I was like only a couple years older than the teens I was working with. And I thought about going back. I knew that I wanted to get my doctorate, but right when I and I started looking into programs right after I graduated with my master's. And then I ultimately decided I was doing it for the wrong reasons and that I really wanted to just start working and make sure that this is a field I want to pursue before investing more time and effort <laughs> into getting a doctorate degree. So, of course, I do my 3,000 hours, I get licensed, and then I'm like, 
okay, <laughs> I still want to do my doctorate. I'm going to just go for it. So I started my private practice. The nice part was I was able to do like start my private practice at the same time I was getting my okay. doctorate um, because I was already licensed as an MFT and I was able to do as much as I wanted to. So I did that like, and I knew in the beginning I wasn't going to be that busy anyways. Mm. So I was able to do like one to two days a week and work around my school schedule. I got a little That's crazy a toward the end. <laughs> it's a lot of juggling. Both, and I'm wondering too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering as well, like, cause I, I have my, um, MFT and I've also considered going back to school to get a PhD or a PsyD. Um, and for any listeners that are yeah. also maybe in that boat where maybe they have their license or maybe they have a private practice, but they're kind of in curious about the benefits of going back or how to do that. Um, what, what, what would you say were your kind of pool? Like what, what drew you to go back to school or what, what made you want to go one step further? Yeah, I think for me personally, it was, like I said, I was so young and I think I didn't have as much, when I, when I was learning in school with my master's, I think I was just trying to get it mm-hmm. done. Like I didn't enjoy it as much as when I went back to get my doctorate and I was like, I have all this experience now with clients. And like, I was like the kid in class suddenly raising my hand <laughs> and like, I never was that person in school and I just was so excited mm-hmm. and everything I learned was more meaningful yeah. if no, that makes totally. sense. Um, because I could apply it where, when I was getting my master's, I was like, okay, we're talking about hypotheticals here. It was interesting, totally. but, um, yeah. So it, and my other motivation was I want, I knew then that I didn't, I, as much as I love therapy, I knew it wasn't the only offering that I wanted to provide as far as a business. So I thought, okay, I could go back and learn about assessments and get qualified in being able to do that. Um, Turns out that's not really as interesting as they are. It's not a passion of mine and probably something I won't really pursue, but um, it definitely wasn't necessary though. Like if you're wanting it for the qualifications, It's not is like there it does a pretty, that much Like, more. I'm not sure. Are you cash pay or do you do insurance? Like, is there a big pay difference with um, the different qualifications? Yeah. So some insurance companies will pay a little more. I only have worked with Kaiser. Okay. Um, I That kind of fell into my lap when I was in private practice. And I took that opportunity, um, which has been great. And I think it was nice for me only working with them versus trying to manage a bunch of different insurance Mm -hmm. companies. Um, but so when I got my doctorate, I think if it helps, I think they raised my rate. It it was like $20 more session. Yeah. So not, and it was also like a couple years later. Um, It's something, but it's not, super significant. Like if that's what you're, if you take insurance, I think if you're doing cash pay, I know a lot of MFTs that charge more than I charge. (laughs) I don't think you need need that, but I think a lot of people feel more comfortable. So if you're doing cash pay, it's like you're kind of setting your own rates, but if you're working in the parameters of insurance, there is a a cap and there is, you know, a a raise essentially, but it, 
it has its limits too. Uh, but I really like the piece that you were talking about. Right. And that's one of the pieces that I gravitate towards as well with the idea of going back and getting a PhD or a PsyD is you're right. Like when you're in grad school, you're mm-hmm. learning it and it's kind of hypothetical, or maybe you have a clinical site that you're at and you're starting to kind of get your bearings. But I think that's why I love continuing education units too, because you actually get to learn so much more and the idea of being like fully in and immersed, like how that would actually translate into showing up differently as a therapist in your private practice. Um, but also depending on the passions that you have, whether it's writing a book or doing other endeavors, it helps to have a doctorate. Like even is a selling factor for a lot of literary agents of like, okay, like saying doctor, you know, Blakey versus Claire Blakey, yeah. LMFT. It has a different tone to it. So yeah. there are other benefits financially down the road that it could impact. Um, I have one question and I know we could probably talk about this for a long time, but I know there's so much more yeah. I want to ask you to learn yeah. about too is, um, and you don't have to, if you don't feel comfortable answering, you don't have to as well. But one of the things that I was curious about is since you had a private practice in your own business, and then you did your PhD is there a way just for anyone else that's listening, that's curious about this. And I'm also curious about this. Is there a way tax wise that you can pay for your tuition with your other business and have that be a tax write off because it's Mm. improving your business or did you go that route? And if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, that's okay too. But I was just curious, what does that look like? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't do that. That's a good idea though. And I would probably want to ask an accountant. I think that's a great idea. I also remind you that I was just starting out. I literally was starting a doctorate program and a private practice at the same time. (laughs) So it wasn't like I was making a ton of money in my private practice. I think at the beginning I had a couple clients when I started. So I wasn't making enough at the time to like support financially, but that's a great idea. No, I think um, something that I'm really passionate about, especially with the flourishing therapreneur is I feel like our field has evolved really rapidly. And um, whether it's having CPAs or financial advisors or lawyers or whoever else on the podcast or helping educate us, but really putting that business mindset into our business endeavors as therapists and you know, like looking at all of our options and looking at how to be financially literate and how to, you know, improve our offerings. So that way we have, you know, more financial freedom or more, um, investment with some of the stuff that we are doing and how to, you know, capitalize on, um, really growing our businesses in a way that, um, you know, helps us become better educated, but also helps our businesses thrive financially too. So just, curious. I know for me, I'm yeah, always wanting totally. to learn more. I like love talking to people that are in the world of finance. Cause I'm like, I feel like there's so much we didn't learn in school and I want to learn how to be the best business owner possible, but totally. also specific to therapists. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, that was a yeah. great question. I wish I could have done that. <laughs> Maybe idea. for your next topic. <laughs> Uh, well, to kind of transition, I was say you're for yours. Yeah. When you go. <laughs> um, well, kind of transitioning us out. I want to hear so much more about the therapist society and just your passion for connecting clinicians and specifically in a time of COVID where I'm imagining there's even more of a need. So do you want to kind of give us more of like the background of therapist society? And so anyone that's listening can connect to it and really know your heartbeat for it. Yeah. Yeah, so it started this summer. I mean, I was 
honestly burnt out since the beginning of the pandemic. I know we'll talk at some point. I was a mom to a seven month old when everything shut Mm -hmm. down and I went from working in an office with two other therapists who I was really close to, to just being isolated at home like everyone else. And I think after a year or so of that this summer, I was just feeling really isolated, really burnt out and was just wondering what I could do to help myself. And I was also wondering if any other therapists were feeling Mm -hmm. the same way. My guess was that they were. I was like, I'm going to just start this page and just see if I can connect with some other therapists and if they're feeling the same way. And it was kind of a good outlet for me to speak my truth about what it's been like being a therapist this past Mm -hmm. year during the pandemic and being isolated from my therapist community. And it just kind of took off from there. And I was like, what else can I do with this? And, um, it really helped reignite my passion for the field again and, uh, gave me something to be excited about. And it's made my work with clients more exciting again where I was starting to feel that mm-hmm. I don't know, almost dread going, going to work every day, which is really sad. Cause I love what I do and I love working with clients, but I was honestly, I was feeling that yeah, way. You were going burnt out. This past yeah. Year, I like, oh, okay, I have to. yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. too, with, um, especially for therapists that are in private practice, but even if you're not in private practice, if you're in an agency or, you know, wherever you work at a clinic, um, with telehealth and with all the shutdowns and everything, a lot of people, even if they aren't self-employed are working from home still, and they're still logging into yeah. zoom sessions or, you know, simple practice sessions and, um, it's isolating. And so I love hearing what you're yeah. creating because it sounds like, and I think the best businesses are really birthed out of a need and meeting that need. And if you look around and see there isn't anyone else doing this. Like, I don't know if you're the same way when you created therapist society, that's kind of how I felt with creating the therapreneur, um, entity is like mm-hmm. you Google things and you look like, are there other people doing this or how do I find other people to connect with? And when you don't see what you're looking for, like, it's really a challenge and, yeah. um, an exciting call to kind of provide that, to create what you wish you had. Um, so for people that are listening, um, what can they find through therapist society? So, um, I know you've kind of branded it as like reducing burnout and then building like business connections and community. So tell me like what that looks like or how has it been growing? I'm sure it's still like evolving and changing. Yeah, it's still, I like just launched the website this week and I don't know when this will air, but, uh, yeah, it, what it's going to be are monthly workshops and trainings and just an opportunity for us to connect as therapists and work through different issues that therapists go mm-hmm. through. Um, I want it to be a blend. I don't want it to be a consultation group because I know there's so many opportunities for that. And I really want this to be focused on you as a therapist. Yeah. Who are you as a person not what's going on with your clients, even though I know they overlap sometimes and it's very, well, I think sometimes we give as therapists so much to our clients that, you know, we go to a consultation group or something like that and it's still for our clients. Right. So it's hard sometimes as a therapist to do something that's therapist related with other therapists. That's not around our clients that isn't around continuing education always or 
consultation, but is actually about like looking at us as humans, looking at how we nourish ourselves, how we spend our time, how we rest and recharge for our sessions, for our businesses, for our endeavors. So I think what you're creating is beautiful and such a need. And it sounds like there are components of maybe, maybe continuing education or maybe, you know, continual trainings, but Community. Yeah, I think down the road, yeah, I looked into how to provide continuing education. It sounds like there's a lot of red tape. So I was like, I have to figure that out maybe down the yeah. road. Um, so not for now, but maybe hopefully in the future. And then I also found a place where we can house a community so that we could keep in touch between those meetings uh, and post different resources in there. And then I also came up with a five day reducing burnout little guide that you can find for free on the website. You can download it. So that's something if you want to just, if you're feeling burnt out as a therapist, you can go to therapistsociety.com and find that on there and just walk you through different steps. And walk me through too. Is it like a membership like that you pay for or how do people, like, what is the commitment? Yeah, it's a monthly membership. Okay. Yeah. So it's a monthly membership. You can cancel at any time. So if you don't think it's a good fit for you, you can cancel no questions. Okay. That's awesome. I don't want anyone to feel like it's a burden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so good. I love that. Um, well tell me, I know, Is there anything else in terms of therapist society that we haven't spoken about that would be helpful for audience to know? Um, I'm just, I'm hoping that it's a safe place outside of Facebook (laughs) where we can connect and speak openly and honestly about who we are as people. And, um, I'm hoping that as we do these monthly trainings that will build a resource library that you'll have access to so that if you're trying to work through some specific issue, we'll have some resource for you in there. Well, I'm wondering if you can maybe um, answer like if, so I'm imagining like you launched this recently, you said you have this download that you created, you launched the website, like any advice you have to someone else that's listening, that's maybe a therapist that also is dreaming up, a business endeavor or sees a need in the community or sees a need in the world of therapy and wants to kind of meet that need and create something completely new. Um, what would you give advice to in terms of that? Like what, what were challenges or what were things that you kind of had to learn to create the therapist society? Like, did you know how to you know, build a website? Did you contract things out? Like how did that, I mean, those are big steps. Like when you're listing all the things you offer, like a free download and that, I'm like, wow, those are things that you have to learn how to create that and, you know, collect the emails and all the different pieces. So can you kind of walk anyone else that's listening through, like what were kind of tangible steps that you took? Yeah. I I was going to say my biggest piece of advice is ask for help, like know where your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I actually, it was the first time I hired a copy editor. I didn't even know what that was. I have a little bit of help. My husband is a business consultant and he does a lot of the stuff for a living. So I'd be like, okay, I got to this point and I'm stuck. So I was going to him a lot. So I think having someone that you can go to, even just utilizing Google, you could find so much on the Mm -hmm. internet these days if you're feeling stuck. Um, going to fiverr.com you can outsource a lot of different tasks um that's where i found the copy Mm -hmm. editor but you could find someone to help you build the website if you don't know what you're doing there or 
and created this guide. How do I make this look pretty now? Yeah. You can outsource that if you're, that's not something you know how to do. Um, but I like to do a lot of it myself <laughs> because I'm probably a control freak in that way. So I did as much of it myself as I could, but when I'd get stuck, I'd ask okay. for help. Well, that's really good advice. I feel like there's that piece of, especially if you're kind of growing a business that you're passionate about and excited about, you do want to have it really be your heartbeat and your unique voice and your, your words, but it's also good to recognize when you want to contract things out or whether you just need additional support with writing things or formatting things. So that's super helpful to know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know before we started recording, we kind of talked a little bit about this and I'd love to kind of bring this into the conversation today, but just about being a parent and also being a business owner and kind of birthing businesses and babies, right? Like raising both, growing both, cultivating both. Um, do you want to share a little bit about, so you're a mom as well and just kind of what your journey to motherhood and your business and just kind of start that conversation. Yeah, I have a two-year-old son and I had, he was seven months old when the pandemic began. Um, Yeah, it was trying to work with no childcare was, I, unlike anything I can describe, it was really hard. Uh, I didn't have any energy. I would not have been able to do what I'm doing right now if without help with him and my husband and I were trying to be really careful as I know a lot of families were so we let our nanny go and I would work when he was napping and I had to get really efficient (laughs) with my time and two days a week my husband would get off early and watch our son and it was just the two of us and I really learned having help it really does take a village to raise Mm. a child and to build a business you need help you can't do it all by yourself. Trying to do it all, just the two of us was, yeah, made me feel for single parents. I don't know how they do it. Well, and what you're listing too, of like trying to get work done while he's napping, like, is that you seeing clients while he's napping? Like, I'm just trying to visualize like, what is this juggling act? Cause it's hard. Like, Yeah. Luckily I'm not doing that anymore, which is why I'm like, I have the mental capacity to start another business on the side. Uh, but yeah, I was literally putting, I'd schedule my clients. I even started moving my clients like to match his nap times. Um, like I was okay. He naps from nine to 11. That's when I would see my morning clients. And then you'd go down for his afternoon nap at one or two, whatever it was. And then I would schedule my next set of clients. And there were days where he'd wake up crying before my session was over. And I'd just be sitting there like, please go back to bed. Please go back to bed. Um, sometimes my husband would go in. There were a few times I, I let him cry for 10 minutes. So hard. Five minutes. Sometimes he'd wake up and just be fine, but. Well, I'm also wondering like the added layer of anxiety. Like I feel like there's so many, there's like, you know how they talk about like the invisible load of motherhood, like, and then there's like the invisible load of being a therapist where we hold a lot as we go into sessions with clients. Like they're not aware of our back-to-back clients and what we've just been processing with someone else or 
our own personal right. life of being a parent and transitioning. And when you're listing, you know, working from home, especially during the height of the pandemic where you didn't have help. And if he's napping, yeah, you were being resourceful and being like, okay, I can see these clients, but I'm imagining you had so much anxiety as you're sitting with those clients being like, don't wake up, don't wake up. Wait, what's that sound? And it's like the things we do as parents and business owners, because we have to, especially during the pandemic. Um, It's really, yeah. Right. So no wonder I burnt (laughs) out, right? Like, how is that sustainable? I had no time for myself. I was, yeah, when he turned one in August and I realized the pandemic wasn't going anywhere, my husband and I were like, we had a neighbor who kept seeing us. It's just like, if you need any help, like I was laid off (laughs) one day. I was like, are you serious about helping us? Because we really, really need the help. And like, I will take you up on that (laughs) offer. And it made the world of difference. Well, that sounds like it's such a theme of what you've been sharing with, whether it's therapist society creating that, whether that's parenthood is just like asking for help when you need it. Or, um, even if that's help through your partner, right. Of tag teaming or texting and saying, Hey, he woke up, can you grab him? Like, or your neighbor that you know offered to help. So that's that piece of like, you can do a lot. And at what point, like, what are you sacrificing? Is that your mental health? Is that your um, quality of work or, you know, all of that. Now I'm curious because you were a therapist before you became a mom and then you became a mom and you're still a therapist. Mm-hmm. So, um, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know for me, I'm also a mom. Um, my little girl Emerson just turned one. Um, and so I had her in the height of the mm-hmm. pandemic as well. And I know I've just experienced a lot of, um, kind of like epiphanies or insights as I've grown businesses and raised Emerson of kind of like the parallel process of parenting and business development. (laughs) So I don't know if you've had any epiphanies with that in terms of being a therapist and how that's changed your work as a therapist being a mom. So maybe we could start with that and then transition into more of the business piece of it. So what was the yeah, first sorry, that was question? Like a question to does, into one. So how been? has being yeah, a yeah. mom changed how you are a therapist or like how have you kind of experienced being a therapist and a mom? Okay. It's definitely changed how I work. I work with a lot of teens and I think it's helped me empathize more with the parents. I used to really connect with the teens themselves. And now I have a a different appreciation for parents when they struggle. And then I also, I don't know. I I think I can also see being, having a toddler. I can see my clients now as like, Oh, this is probably what happened to you when you were a baby, or this is what your parents struggled with. So I, I just have a different I think I look at my clients through a different lens. Totally. I don't know if that answers. Yeah, your no, question, and I think but. a lot of people that become therapists or are therapists, like there is this empathy piece or this like really passion for people and um, you know, ability to hold space for others. But I think there is that piece. I know similar to what you just said, like I feel like it's made me softer in a weird way with clients just feeling like, Mm -hmm. like you said, like you're someone else's baby, like giving like a different lens or like imagining Emerson being that teenager or being that 25 year old that's struggling with, you know, a hard relationship and just really kind of, it just softens how I feel and makes me feel more empathetic. Um, I would also say it kind of 
it kind of changed my values or maybe my values were always my values, but like, I feel like I've become a lot more boundaried. I don't know if you've experienced this where I think before I had kids, it was like, okay, I can work even more clients, see more clients today, or yes, I'll switch the schedule around and stay later or get there earlier. And now I feel like my, my values and my time is not just mine. It's not just the time I share with my partner, but my little girl. And every hour I say yes to something else, I'm saying no to her. So getting really clear on like, even what type of clients I'll take. Like, I think I took harder clients before I saw her. I I work a lot with like eating disorder and body image and now perinatal mental health. And so, you know, I'm not as likely to want to work with high suicidality or, certain cases that are going to need more self-care after, right? More time to decompress or more time to consult with someone and kind of get additional support. It's like, no, I want to have a certain type of client. So that way I feel a certain type of way when I leave work. And that way I also, um, I'm not holding the same type of stress I held before. So I don't know if you noticed that at all for you or. Yeah. 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 It's been the same for me. And I definitely rings true with the whole boundaries and scheduling because I have to, these are my days and my times. And I used to be like you and sure I'll work late and I'll take you on. It's fine. And I'm like, Nope, if you don't work with my schedule, then sorry, you're going to have to find someone else. Cause this is my schedule and this is what I have available. Um, and most people will work with it. They find ways if they really want to. And if not, that's totally. fine too. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what would you say kind of bringing the parallel of parenthood and business development? Um, like, did you, do you notice any like parallels in terms of like growing a business? Like whether that I'm thinking of like when you're pregnant, it's like you have, you conceive and then you have like this nine months of like different things are growing and like you're preparing for the room and you're taking classes on this and that, like, do you see that Mm -hmm. kind of overlap as you've kind of birthed therapist society or other businesses that you've, you know, whether it's private practice or other things where yeah. like, what, what do you kind of resonate with, with the parenthood in, in business? I think the most obvious parallel for me is no matter how much you learn or research or, uh, ideate on what it's going to be ahead of time, you never really know until you're in it and you never really know what's going to come at you as much as you try Mm -hmm. to prepare. Like as much as you read books on how to be a parent or how to start a business, you don't really know until you're in it, what it's really like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm imagining like every kind of the same way that every kid is different. Like it's like someone's kid might be colicky or someone's kid might have certain things. Like you don't know what your business might have. Like there might be hiccups that are specific to your business or learning opportunities that, are unique to you, whether it's your personality or your schedule or your visions. It's like, it's not like copy and paste. Like this is what you do and this is how you get there. It's very, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said that much, <laughs> much better no. than I was able to. And also I think the other thing is that it's, they're both so challenging, mm-hmm. but rewarding. Yeah at the same time, like being a parent is the most challenging thing I've ever done, but it's also the most rewarding, beautiful mm. job. And it can I've be both, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think owning a business is 
the same for me too. It's like the most challenging thing and the most rewarding. No, I I hear that for sure. I feel that too. Um, I also say too, like there's that piece too of the parallel for me of being a mom. And then also I have two businesses. I have the flourishing therapeneur and I also have my private practice. And there's that piece of like really needing to check in with myself, like as I parent and as I invest in my businesses of like taking care of myself. Right. Cause I find there's times with, um, being a mom, it's like, it's draining. It's hard. It's beautiful. There's wonderful moments of music class and fun memories. And there's also really, really hard days and moments. And same thing with my business. Like there's moments where I feel so fulfilled and invigorated and like feel clear on what my next steps are and how my day is going to look. And, um, just that piece of always kind of coming back to self-care, even though it sounds so cliche, but I'm just like, how do I nourish myself as a mother? How do I nourish myself as a business owner? Whether that's the people I surround myself with, whether that's, you know, pursuing passions outside of being a mom, outside of work, (laughs) whether that is, um, you know, creating space to pause or even space to play, like to be silly or to, to do things that don't have purpose, which is really hard for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I think the exciting thing for me with being a parent and being a business owner is I feel like both kind of call you to be a better person and the same thing with being a therapist. It's like a very similar concept. It's like, it really is that like daily challenge of like, you know, walking the walk, doing the work, you know, being the parent I wish I had, being the therapist I wish I had, being the business owner or the boss I wish I had. And like just that challenge to always improve, but also to, to be human and to connect with what, what I need. So that way what I give is um, worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. answer. I love yeah. that. And it really resonates with me too. Yeah being a parent and business owner and therapist all make us be better people. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just going to look at my notes real quick. <laughs> no, you're fine. I know. It's like, I don't know if we got off track. No, I know. I feel like where are we at in timing? Okay. Um, so something that I would love to kind of learn a little bit more is most people that are listening are therapists or maybe therapists in training. And maybe they are also feeling this entrepreneurial, therapeneur type of call or excitement, whether that's they want to launch a literary agent deal to do a book, or they want to create a course, or they want to dream up a nonprofit or another business, or find ways to use their clinical experience beyond the therapy room. So you have that in you. I mean, the fact that you started a private practice yeah. and went back to school to improve your offerings. And you've already made this parenting course that we didn't get yeah. to talk about fully, but you did that before you had kids and yeah. you're doing this other amazing offering for therapists with the therapist society. So what would you say, like, how did you get the courage to be an entrepreneur or like, how did you cultivate the confidence to believe in yourself or to, to know like, Hey, this is a good idea and I can do this or I can't do it, but I'll Google it or I'll ask for help. Like, can you walk me through maybe your journey? And it could be either when you started your private practice, or it could be even more of a recent reflection of the therapist society. Like when did you feel like I could do this? And like, 
walk me through your thought process. Yeah. I mean, I was like, some days I feel like I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing most days, but I think also, I think what helps me is seeing other people. I'm like, if other people can do this, why can I not do it? Um, seeing other private practice owners in the past when I was in school, I was lucky to have a lot of my professors also were private practice clinicians. So I think having someone to look up Mm. to and kind of helped give me the confidence. Like if they can do it, I can do it too. Like what, why, why not? Mm. I, I also come from a family with a lot of uh, like my grandfather is a business okay. owner and I always really looked up to him and I actually thought that I wanted, I started as a business major in college. I took a couple classes and then I took a psychology class and I was like, no, <laughs> not doing business. But I think that was always an interest of mm-hmm. mine. Uh, it, I just decided it wasn't the primary thing that I wanted to pursue. And I knew then I'm like, I'm going to pursue psychology, but psychology is going to be my business. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just really went with it. And when you find something you're passionate about, it, it makes it mm. easier to keep going. Yeah. I don't know if that answers no. your question. Well, it sounds like, you know, it does. It sounds like you saw other people that kind of inspired you, whether that be your grandfather, whether that be other family members or other therapists or professors, but you had good role models or good people that were, encouraging you and saying, yeah, it's hard, but you can do it. Or look, I did it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what about like, I'm thinking specifically therapist society, like what, like, would you say like, cause I feel like with every endeavor we pursue for business and entrepreneurial endeavors, sometimes like imposter syndrome or doubt creeps in. So what would you say is your advice or what is your current experience with that in terms of for the audience that's listening? Like if they are dreaming up something and they're uncertain or, um, questioning themselves, like what are, what are things you tell yourself or what are ways you work through that? I work through it by telling myself that it's totally normal. It's okay to feel this way. And most people who are starting out feel the same way and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And just try to lean into it instead of pushing it down and pretending it's not there, which is the same thing that I try to help my clients do too. Right. Um, so yeah, a lot of just, and being really honest with myself, I do a lot of journaling about (laughs) the feelings that come up, trying to focus on the successes and not just the failures, Mm -hmm. because there's been a few times I planned some events and a bunch of people said they were going to come. And then like three people showed up. It's so easy to focus on those 12 other people that Mm -hmm. didn't hop on the call that said they were going to be there instead of those three wonderful people who did show up. And I'm like, look, this is some, you know, let me focus on the success of this. I've never done an event Mm. like this before. So I got the practice and just trying to focus, like seeing both sides, not just the negative. Um, That's super helpful. Looking at the celebrating the wins. Mm. I really like that. I feel too, for me, like 
I know you had kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast being like, this is my first podcast episode. It's like your first time doing it. Like thinking like sometimes what I, I do for myself when I feel that imposter syndrome of like, Oh, who am I to be a podcast, you know, host, I'm a therapist or who Mm -hmm. might be a guest on this or who might, you know, host this event. And then three people show is kind of reframing it. Right. Of like, yeah. You know, maybe you haven't been on a podcast before, but you are trained in communication, in people skills, in you're competent in right. everything you're sharing, like reminding yourself of the other side of it, right? It's like it might be, you know, worded right. as I'm a podcast guest, but it actually, when you think about what you're speaking on, it's like, no, I have this business and that business, and I have this degree and that degree. And I know what I'm saying, and I have value to offer. And people are excited to hear. And in the same way, like if you host an event and only three people come, like remembering, have you ever been to something that you were really excited to go to and only people came and you're actually kind of excited because you get more one-on-one time with the person hosting and you get to learn more from them. And like, they might see that as a win, you know, where for us, we're like, oh, I had an expectation of a certain amount of people, but for the people showing up, they're actually like, yes, I get to actually connect with Danielle. And I actually get to, you know, be a part of this in a very personal way. So I think with every imposter syndrome moment or self doubt, there's also another side of the coin and there's also a reframe and someone else might see it from a different lens, or we might have to remind ourselves to see it from that lens. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, I could have just leaned into, you know, in that moment, like, Oh no, there's only three people here. Like maybe we should just cancel or maybe I should just give up on this whole thing. Like those thoughts definitely crept in. I was like, you know what? I, these three people showed up and this is more than anyone has ever shown up before. You know, and you never know unless totally, or if it's like your first event, it's like, this is a learning opportunity. Like maybe this is a dress rehearsal. So you learned, okay, well, I learned how to advertise it or I learned how to set it up or, you know, all that. Um, well, looking at the time, I know our time is starting to wrap up, but I'm so grateful that you got to be on the podcast today. And as we wrap up, I'm just curious if there's anything you want the audience to know, like what's next for you. So if you have like any upcoming offerings or therapist society, things that they can tag onto or, you know, anything like that. And everything else will be listed in the show notes, any links, um, things like that, but just give us a, a sneak peek of what's ahead for you the next few months. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks you so much for having me. This was really fun and just easy having conversation mm-hmm. with you. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and for Therapist Society, uh, just you can follow us on Instagram at therapist, just at Therapist Society. And I have a ton of free content on there. And I ask a lot of questions. So you can get involved in that way. And you can also go on the website, therapistsociety.com and see what upcoming events. Again, I'm not sure when this is going to air. So uh, for November and December, we're going to be doing some yearly planning workshops so that you could go into the next year. I don't know if this will air before then, but maybe we'll have it in the resource library. If not, uh, that you could go in and we're going to walk through. I'm going to do it with my husband because he's a business coach. So you'll have me as a therapist mind and then him with the business um, mindset. And we're going to go into planning what you want your next year to look like both personally and professionally. So that's what's coming up workshop wise. And I'm sure I'll have more to come in the new year. So whenever you're listening to this, you can go to the website and I'll have that up for you and you can join the membership and try it out even for a month or 
whatever you want to do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. It was such a pleasure to get to know you, to learn more about your lived experiences and, um, whether it's, yeah, personally, professionally businesses, babies, I'm just really grateful to have gotten the opportunity to connect with you. And I'm sure the audience also really resonating with what you shared and just really grateful to have you on here. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for creating this space. I love it. Thank you for tuning in to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as that helps other clinicians and therapreneurs find our community and thrive through our offerings. Want to take your business a step further? Visit theflourishingtherapreneur.com or our Instagram with the same handle. Connect with our free community or sign up for an upcoming course to help cultivate your thriving business and endeavors so you can flourish personally and professionally. Until next time, I'm your host, Claire Blakey, and I believe you deserve to flourish as a therapreneur.